It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. Weeks have off deals. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Get up and look at the moon if you haven't done yet. Yet this morning, Bob with you, Jill along. We've been out looking at the moon, taking a few pictures. And uh, I don't know, Jill took a picture through the building and got the moon. How did you do that? <laughs> I have an app on my phone. Yeah. And it just shows you where all the stars are and all yeah. the moons and all the planets are. Actually, and if you show it south... It'll show where the planets are on the other side of the Earth. So that took a picture of the moon and Venus through no, the building. It didn't take a picture of it. It just shows me what is what oh. in the names of things. Cause, well, because why? Because it just knows where the map of all these the stuff oh, well, is. Well, I thought it was a magic camera. That's nothing. All right, <laughs> I thought it'd take a picture through the building. But I'm seriously. Get up and look out and see the moon this morning. It's beautiful. It's a sliver of a moon kind of laying on its back. And Venus is uh, off the tip above it, and uh, it's very visible as the skies have cleared out. And do that because, uh, you know, we're in Central Standard Time, and it gets light earlier than it used to. So get up right now, and, well, nothing else, go back to bed for a while. But go look at the moon. It's beautiful out there this morning. So that's our tip number one for the day. And uh, I saw it this morning coming in, and I thought, wow, that really... Really is spectacular, and the skies have cleared out, and that's what we're looking for. Sunny but breezy again today. We'll talk about the weather. Probably not going to have a farm bill done by the end of the year. Oh, probably nothing. It's not going to get done. You know, EPA Administrator Michael Regan was uh, in Eau Claire yesterday. We'll get some comments from him. We got just one of those mornings where we got 10 pounds to put in a 5-pound bag because we've got uh, more FFA kids we want to get on the air this morning. And the big USDA report comes out 11 o'clock this morning. We'll hear about diesel prices this morning and, of course, our regular markets and all kinds of things that we've got going on this morning. And, uh, again, warming up. Man, oh, man, it's going to get nice. Yeah, it's supposed to get up into the 50s next week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. About it's going to be good because of this corn. There was a week or two ago, there were a lot of, well, we don't get corn off for deer. Well, I think now... A lot of that corn, we were 50% done with corn combined as of this past Sunday. It'll be interesting to see through this week and next week how far along we get because, boy, the combines are going to be rolling. So, again, be careful out there. I know we're going to be in a hurry, but still, take your time. You're going to work on that machine. Shut it off. And anybody that's out driving around in this beautiful weather we're going to have, it's going to be... 52, mostly sunny on Sunday. 53, sun on Monday. 58 on Tuesday, mostly sunny. A lot of work is going to get done. So let them get it done and uh, get it, especially if you're a deer hunter and you don't want all that corn standing when you're hunting pretty soon. (laughs) Get them out out of the way so that uh, they can get their corn picked and get it combined. So, again, good weather coming up. And uh, lots of other stuff. Uh, I saw a report... On feral hogs, you ever seen a wild hog in Wisconsin? I have not, but I've heard there's been herds of them yeah. down in Fairchild. Feral hogs were spotted in four Wisconsin counties, according to a uh, new report. And uh, they don't say which counties, but uh, again, there's having hogs in Wisconsin. And I remember a few years ago, some guy turned some hogs out. I believe it was Clark County. Don't quote me on that. Because he wanted to do some hunting of wild hogs. So he thought by the time they breed a couple generations, they'd be wild. And uh, I don't know if that was ever substantiated, but I think most people will agree. There are wild hogs in Wisconsin. It's kind of like the cats, you know, the... The uh, the feral cats, feral wild mountain lions, and everything else. Oh yeah, and bob we got bobcats yeah. not that far from us too. And uh, you know, DNR wouldn't really acknowledge that. And then all these ta- trail cameras came into being, and all of a sudden we've got pictures. Well, yeah, we do have cats. <laughs> it became the DNR. So again, 
feral hogs in Wisconsin. Uh, kind of interesting. All right, we got a lot of things to do. We're going to hear from. Uh, well, let's do it right now. Who uh, we're going to go to the uh, FFA with some of the uh, New Auburn kids who were down there in agri science, courtesy of Compere Financial. Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and the Citizen State Bank and Loyal. Who are we going to hear from? We're going to hear from Kaylee Robinson. She had her. She was the only one that was part of the agri-science. I mean, it was all her project. Oh, she did her own project. Yep. So, again, she it wasn't a team project with Kaylee. It was her own project. Let's hear what that's all about. I think it's an honor to be able to compete at the national level, and I've got... Callie Robinson. She's part of the New Auburn FFA, and she qualified for the National Agri-Science Fair. First of all, what division and category was your project in? My category was Environmental Services and Natural Resource Systems, and my division was Division 1. And what's the name of your project? Digging for Answers, Coffee Filter Decomposition. What was your project all about? My project was about trying to figure out if a bamboo coffee filter would degrade quicker than a standard coffee filter. And how many pieces of data did you collect to come up with the results? I had three trials, and each trial would have six coffee filters in it of the same kind. And to collect the data, I would pull them out after two weeks, and I would decide between comparing them from the original before it even decomposed to what it was at that moment and see how much it decomposed. And what did you find out? I figured out that a standard coffee filter does not degrade quicker than a bamboo coffee filter. How can we relate that back to the community or the consumers? A lot of coffee places don't decom- decompose their coffee filters, and I think that we need to start doing that so we can like filter out our gardens a lot more, and it may be more um, beneficial for the gardens. Looking ahead to next year, do you have plans on doing another AgriScience Fair project? Yes, I do. Any idea what you're going to do it on? I'm doing it on landslides and how, trying to figure out how to prevent them. Well, I look forward to seeing you probably down at Nationals again this next year. Good luck with all your travels. And that was Callie Robinson from the New Auburn FFA. And again, young kids doing good things. Good kids doing good things. And it's interesting, Joe, a uh, quick note. I saw this this morning. <laughs> Some of these strange things come across email. But she did this coffee filter thing. A new data reveals the most popular coffee drinks in Wisconsin. Now, neither you or I drink coffee. But what do you think the most popular variety or popular concoction of coffee is? Oh, it's probably one of those sweet ones. Yeah, latte. Latte is the most popular coffee drink, followed by, and uh, you know, hell, you like this. Filtered coffee was next, and then black coffee, the traditional black coffee Cappuccino was fourth, and espresso was fifth, most popular in Wisconsin. But latte, the most popular coffee in Wisconsin. Now we got more important things to do. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, if you haven't done it yet, get up and go look at the moon. It's beautiful out there this morning. That sliver of moon with Venus off the point of the moon. So, uh, you know, I don't know what time it gets light, but it won't be long. Today, sunny but breezy again, windy day again, high of 46, down to 32 tonight, 39 tomorrow, partly cloudy, and then we're going to warm up. Not overly on Saturday, it will be in the low to mid-40s, but then on Sunday, Monday, low 50s, Tuesday, Wednesday, upper 50s, sunshine, good harvesting weather. So again, make sure that you do it safely. 34 degrees right now. Our Mount Rushmore of country music. And again, if you've got an idea about that, kind of a fun thing, George Strait, of course, he belongs on the, on Mount Rushmore, according to some folks. I can't argue that a bit. Hey, it's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's find out what's going on here as far as some of the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley says a Republican president would not be able to ban abortion. Let's focus on how to save as many babies as we can and support as many moms as we can and stop the judgment. 
During the third GOP debate hosted by NBC News, Haley argued a 15-week federal abortion law is not realistic. She said Republicans would need to find consensus, including banning late-term abortions and encouraging adoptions. The New York Attorney General's office is resting its civil case against former President Trump, his adult sons, and their company. Brian Shook has more. New York's Democratic Attorney General is accusing Trump of inflating his net worth so the Trump organization could obtain more favorable loans. Trump's daughter Ivanka was the last witness called before the attorney general's office rested its case on Wednesday. The judge is now considering how much the Trumps will have to pay in damages. Trump's attorneys will begin their defense on Monday. I'm Brian Shook. Defense officials say the U.S. conducted an airstrike on a weapons storage facility in Syria used by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard and affiliated groups. President Biden ordered the strike in response to drone and rocket attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria that have left dozens injured. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said he's fully prepared to take the necessary measures to protect U.S. personnel in the region. The FDA is approving another weight loss drug from Eli Lilly. Lisa Taylor reports. The drug is currently called Monjaro for diabetes and will now be called ZepBound when used for weight loss. ZepBound was shown in trials to yield over 20% average weight loss on higher doses over a 72-week period, which is stronger than results for any other approved medicines. The FDA approved the drug for those with obesity or those characterized as overweight with at least one health condition related to their weight. I'm Lisa Taylor. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Four and a half minutes after five o'clock. It'll be a kind of a sunny day today, but it'll be breezy. High's going to be in the mid-40s, down to 32 tonight. Tomorrow, the coolest day, I won't say cold, the coolest day in the next, I don't know, week or better. About 39 for the high on Friday, partly cloudy, 40s on Saturday, 50, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Good days to get some things done outside. And again, like we said, the harvest is going to go full speed ahead. Most of the beans are off now, but still a lot of corn to come off. And it's going to be kind of a dusty time around the old countryside. But again, let's do it safely. Right now, with this nice weather, it's 34 in Rice Lake, 32 in Medford, 33 in Marshfield, 36 in La Crosse. Green Bay at 40, Madison Sun Prairie at 37. Milwaukee at 45, and right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, 34 degrees. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, that makes me hungry, getting cheese curds at the NW, a big mug of NW root beer. Ooh, that'd be good this morning, wouldn't it? But yeah, we've so. got work to do. We've got to get to the markets. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Jill, the livestock cash numbers so far this week. Choice fed beef steers are 174 to 184 with mixed steers at 173 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 173 to 183 with mixed heifers at 114 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 135 to 179. Choice fed Holstein steers are 154 to 167 with select and silage fed steers 156 and down. Cows are 74 to 94 with top of 125 with bulls at 90 to 119. Butcher hogs are 45 to 90. Sows are 36 to 56 with boars at 34 and down. There's no quote from the market lambs, but the feeder lambs are 35 to 220. Ewes are 55 to 115. Small goats are 10 to $155. Medium goats are 25 to $235. Large goats are 120 to $600 with nanny goats at 50 to $280. All right. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures higher on the cattle, lower on the hogs. December live cattle, 179.40, up 62. February live cattle, 179.47, that's up $1.05. April cattle up $1.02 at 181.62. And June up 90 cents at 176.60. November feeder cattle closed at 234.55. That was up 232. January, 232.77, up $1.95. March, Two hundred thirty-five dollars even. That's up a dollar seventy-five. April two thirty-eight sixty-seven up one fifty-seven. May also up one fifty-seven at two forty-one ninety-five. Hog contracts were lower. December seventy-one fifty down a dollar forty. February at seventy-four eighty-five down a dollar seventeen. Lean hogs for April eighty thirty-seven down eighty-seven. And the May contract closed at eighty-six twenty. That was down sixty-two. 
And on the Board of Trade yesterday, the day trade, uh, things were higher, corn, beans, wheat, weather in Brazil, and also some export sales pushing prices higher. Overnight, December corn, though, did come down a nickel at 475. March was unchanged at 490. December wheat up three, or December oats rather up three at 345. The wheat down four at 587. January soybeans up a nickel at 1370. December meal unchanged, but uh, it's getting expensive, boy. $449.80 a ton. Cheese market, the barrels were higher, seven and a half cents higher, dollar sixty two. The blocks were down six and three quarters, a dollar sixty three. Butter was down a dime, two seventy nine thirty four. Man, in a week that butter price has come down about a half a dollar. November class three up nine at seventeen fifteen. December up twenty six at seventeen thirteen. January up eighteen at seventeen twenty two. February was down two at seventeen fifty four. March was up three at seventeen ninety nine and prices were higher out through next June. So that's where we are. The APA administrator, Michael Regan, was in Eau Claire yesterday at Hunsinger Farms to talk about the president's initiative in rural America, Inflation Reduction Act, and putting so much money in rural America for various climate-smart farming programs, regenerative farming programs, and boy, they went to a good place to look at that, Hunsinger Farms, and what they've done over the past few years for, uh, again, sustainability in their horseradish operation. And uh, we'll talk to Eric Rigg uh, later on all the things they've done. But uh, the administrator, Michael Regan, was there. We did have a chance to ask him a few questions at the end. It was kind of refreshing to be able to do that because a lot of times these people are getting pretty protective and they they don't want to answer questions. But he was uh, very gracious with his time. And uh, we'll hear some of the Q&A that happened uh, following the presentation. A lot of groups from around Wisconsin, farm groups, commodity groups, conservation groups, all had a chance to... uh, talk for about three or four minutes of what their organizations are doing for sustainability, keeping our water clean, keeping our air clean, better soil health. It was a pretty comprehensive talk by various people about their organizations. And as time goes on, we'll hear some of those conversations or statements from those people as well. So again, uh, a full day, or not a full day, but a, a full hour and a half of information out there, but the EPA administrator, Michael Regan, was here, and we'll hear some of the comments and answers to some questions that uh, he had next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Mr. Administrator, uh, first of all, thanks for being here, but a couple things you talked about and was talked about, the Inflation Reduction Act. As far as funding, of course, but as far as the clean fuels part of that, we don't have rules yet. What are we looking at as far as rules and how far down the road might they be? And also, sustainable aviation fuels. How far along are we that? I understand you're looking at two models, one the Argonne Lab and one from an operation in Spain, which isn't very favorable to corn. So Inflation Reduction Act, the rules, where are we at? And then sustainable aviation fuel in those models. Well, listen, we're making a lot of progress, especially on sustainable aviation fuels. This administration believes that that is going to be a significant market for our corn growers, for our farmers. So we're going to take our time and get that right. We know that there will be those who will contest that. So we want to get the science right. We want to have the best models. Uh, We have long relied on the GREET model. Uh, Right now we're going through a process, and we're taking time to look at how we can begin to bolster that model and other models so that we can have long-lasting fuel choices. This administration has been uh, very aggressive on clean fuels uh, from biofuels and advanced biofuels. And so I'm very proud of the record we have on E15 and the summer waivers. Obviously, we have the eight state petitions that we're taking a look at. And then we're looking at some longer-term solutions with Congress. We've also set the highest renewable fuel volumes ever in the history. So I believe that we have a track record of doing it in a way that's sustainable, but also in a way that survives some of these court challenges that we're going to see. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with where we are and, and to be uh, continued in terms of the progress we make within the next year or so. And Administrator, why are you here today as part of your investing in rural American agenda? Like, why this farm? You know, this farm really demonstrates uh, all of the diversity and, and, and the complexity uh, that the agriculture community is facing, but also thriving in. What we want to do is continue to invest in the farmer-to-farmer practices where we look at conservation practices being shared across the communities. We recognize that solutions don't come from the top down. They come from the communities. 
And so as we invest these billions of dollars from this historic legislation into our communities, it's important that we talk to the people on the ground and make sure those investments get to the places that they should. We also look at a farm like this that's harnessing the power of renewable energy, clean energy, to keep their operations going. You know, when I talk to the owner of the farm, he stressed that it's good for the bottom line, but it's also good to use these clean, green resources because the market is demanding that. The younger consumers and customers are expecting that. So sustainability and green and clean energy is actually good for the bottom line and good for the planet. And PFAS was also another issue that was talked about today. Um, you have set out to release finalized standards for drinking water by the end of the year. Is that still on track or is the timeline shifting at all? We are absolutely committed to the, the time frames that we've set for setting PFAS standards for drinking water. We're also aggressively pursuing the cleanup standards as well. Listen, we understand that PFAS and these forever chemicals exist in so many places that they shouldn't. Uh, but what we don't want to do is set regulations that seem to target our farmers, our water systems, and the like. And so as we design health-based standards to protect uh, public health and the environment, we're also going to use our discretion to ensure that we focus on those who have put this pollution in the environment, not on our farmers and not on our water utilities. And again, that's a little bit of the conversation we had with uh, Administrator Michael Regan of the Environmental Protection Agency. We'll get more comments from him as uh, time goes on, plus other people that were there to talk to him about uh, what they have done and what they still need and how the EPA can help as far as making our water cleaner, making our soils healthier, making our air cleaner, better crops, cover crops, sustainability, regenerative agriculture, uh, a good give and take yesterday with the EPA administrator at Hunsinger Farms, which, uh, of course, if you don't remember, they hosted Farm Technology Days here and uh, a year or two ago, and a very successful show it was. And Eric Rigg was there yesterday showing the administrator around all the things that they'd done, the water retention ponds, the cover crops that they use, the solar energy that uh, they have built, the, uh, paying their bills and uh, payback on that. We had a chance to talk to Eric about that, and we'll hear about that in uh, future programs. But, uh, Jill, as far as uh, Farm Bill is concerned, we're going to get one. I uh, no. The four leaders of the Agriculture Committee in the House and Senate have now said that the working out the deals of a new farm bill and getting it passed in both houses of Congress isn't practical before the end of this congressional season. But Senate Ag Committee Chair, Michigan Senator Debbie Stabenow, has already announced that she isn't running for re-election in 2024, so she is very motivated to get a new farm bill done early next year to keep as much politics as possible out of the discussions. Most observers feel we'll see one extension. Most observers feel we'll see an extension of the current farm bill. And of course, uh, that's reality is what it is. The house, you know, on the Republican side couldn't come together with the speaker. So we lost a couple of weeks there. They've still got to, you know, the government's going to shut down next week unless we get an extension. So they've got some of those things to get done. And, uh, again, the campaign season is already underway, so, yeah, it looks like uh, an extension of the current farm bill is in the works. Coming up, diesel fuel prices. What's going on with diesel fuel prices? We'll get an update on where you expect those to go and other things as we move along this morning. Still uh, lots of other things to talk about. A big USDA report coming out later on today, so we're busy this morning. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We may be seeing some up and down swings in diesel prices, but overall, they are elevated. And if you're feeling a pinch when it comes to the price of fuel, well, it's for a couple of reasons. One is that there are still some lingering impacts from the COVID-19 shutdowns that have put a limit on fuel supply. And second is that demand is high for fuel. This puts a pinch on the diesel supply chain and then increases prices. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I'm getting the details from Jason Schwantz. He leads energy sales and marketing at CHS, and he walks us through solutions for farmers amidst these high costs and explains to us what all influences the prices you see at the diesel pump. In the United States, um, after COVID, we took out about a million barrels of refining capacity. There were some uh, 
what I would call refineries that were older, needed some upgrading, and, and they closed. So we lost a million barrels of production in the United States. And if you look at that, that, that how does that affect everything else? Well, then you go down the list of things. So we're producing less, but it just so happens we're using about the same amount that we were before. And so we're seeing, we were long diesel fuel in the country before, but with that million barrels that came out, that has come and put us in a short position. So now we're short diesel fuel. The other thing that is is a factor here is if you look at the Ukraine-Russia strife or war, that has caused the prices in Europe to elevate. And U.S. refiners, we've been helping them out a little bit down in the Gulf. But all of this is causing a crunch of supply of diesel fuel. If you look at the Magellan and the New Star systems, which are big pipelines that feed the Midwest, both of them are running on the low end of product. Combine that with some refiners that had some problems. Uh, there was a few refiners that had a couple problems and hiccups, and they got caught short. There was a little spike. I don't know if you saw it last week, more than a little spike, a couple days spike. But that was, I think, some people having to come in and cover some shorts that they had because their refineries either had a hiccup or weren't running quite, quite as well as they would like. We're going into 2024. You know, COVID seems like a faraway nightmare. How come yep. refineries haven't been able to get back to what they did look like? Those ones that closed are just, they're, they're, they're closed and they're not going to reopen. Uh, the other thing is, if you look at it with the EV push, I think there is optimism around refining, but there's also caution around refining. If you look at these interest rates, uh, with the uncertainty of you know fossil fuels and, quite frankly, with EVs coming along, I think people are reluctant to invest too much in refineries, and uh, I think that's we're just going to run from a short position from here until you know this thing gets solved, and and I think it's going to be a while. I think I think you're going to see a couple of years uh, the strife, you know, like I've said over in you know with Russia Ukraine leads to some of this too, and and I think if you look at it, it's just going to remain in a short position, and we're going to see elevated prices. Gasoline demand has bounced back really well, but gasoline is actually in a tight position too, but it just hasn't been much of a focus just because diesel is what kind of drives the economy, especially our ag economy. This is a good segue, Jason, for you to remind us where CHS fits into the diesel market. Who do you buy it from? Where are you selling it, etc.? To paint a picture of CHS, we have two refineries, one in Laurel, Montana, and one in uh, McPherson, Kansas. So we kind of if you look at it, our really strong part is the Midwest. If you drew kind of a T in the state from Minnesota down to the tip of Texas and then sideways from the P&W kind of over to Wisconsin, maybe even to the UP of Michigan, that's kind of where our bread and butter is. But our refineries feed a lot of that. But we do purchase a lot of product out there, too, and uh, we have a lot of good relationships Refineries are trying to do their best. They, they realize this is go time for, for the agricultural side of the business, and they want to make sure they get that product out there. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm not going to lie about it, refineries are doing pretty well, and, and they're going to financially, and then when they we're financially doing well, they're going to pump out as much product as they can. They're doing their best. Uh, the other thing I will say, there's still supply crunches on things, which can cause when a refinery has to do a turnaround, um, maybe they were 30 days before, maybe they're taking 40 to 45 days. Uh, everything's just in that supply chain taking a little bit longer. Thus, everything is put pinching and putting uh, diesel fuel in a short position still. Can you be specific when you say supply chain crunches? So when a refiner has a turnaround, essentially they take their refinery down for maintenance or parts of maintenance. And then that supply crunch, it's just probably like the rest of the job market. You know, they're, they're short workers. Steel is in, in short supply. Parts, things like that. They're just taking longer to get. And, and that's what I mean by the supply chain for a refiner. Uh, just having a hard time getting some of those things done so they can get their turnaround and their maintenance done and get back up and running. And Jason, for your non-farm consumers that are listening to us right now, they may not be purchasing diesel directly, but this is a commodity that is an input for so many other sectors. So how do high diesel prices indirectly impact just your general consumer? I think, you know, everything, if you look at it, trucking, 
whether it's what's moved our economy is is fueled by diesel fuel and, and I mean that literally uh, if you look at the construction world uh, the man that comes to pick up your garbage everything runs on a big you know diesel semi or truck our goods and services are all shipped that way and it puts a crunch on everything when you have a tight supply chain uh, I think we're going to see higher prices for quite some time especially on diesel and gas um, I I just think it's it's in short supply. People want it. That's what feeds our economy. That new growth is all construction. You know, you see trucks moving everywhere in the ag sector, but you also see trucks in the construction side, things like that. And I think that's really, it's going to be a tight market for quite some time. And then for our growers paying attention, what advice do you give farmers who are looking to lower their fuel costs? Because, hey, they're dealing with tight margins and they like to lower some of those input costs. Specifically, our cooperatives in the CHS supply chain offer contracts. And if you see a price that you like, don't be afraid to lock in those contracts with some of the cooperatives because they offer a great value for you. And a lot of these guys do budgets. If you see a number that you like, you know, get out there and book it with your co-op. I know you said diesel prices are elevated, but in the coming months, does diesel still follow a cyclical trend? And will we see some relief in the dead of winter or the spring? How does that look? Typically, if you look at it, we do still run seasonally. Uh, once you get through the harvest, there is kind of that winter lull, I will say. That's an excellent time to look at contracting your fuel for the spring. Typically, we get our lowest prices probably in December, January, February. I think that's an excellent time for the grower to look at, hey, maybe filling his tanks up or seeing if there's some contracts up there that he can lock in and, and get a, a fair price for his product. But I, I think you're right on the money. Those are good times. Just that winter, kind of, you don't have the demand seasons going on. That's an excellent time to look at contracting or filling your tanks and, and, and getting things filled up. And, there- and again, that's Jason Schwantz talking to our uh, Steph, Stephanie Hughes. He's with CHS. Again, some uh, advice as far as dealing with the diesel situation going forward. 29 minutes after 5 and wax, Rocky's going to join us next from Premier Livestock. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's check in with Rocky over there. Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock in with you on the markets. Well, did you uh, try any homemade remedies to lessen the effects of a cold? I, I never got into your recipe yet, no. <laughs> well, try it Saturday night. It doesn't matter when you do it. It'll, it'll, it'll make you feel better. All right. Well, All right. I got to do that. All right. Well, how do you feel about the markets? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We had a big run of dairy cattle, so right at 260 head of dairy cattle. Uh, we did have two complete herd dispersals. Uh, had a herd of Holstein uh, parlor freestall cows, and we had a herd of jerseys. Uh, top fresh cows brought 22 to 2,800. Uh, many other cows from 1,650 to 2,175. We had a uh, herd of jerseys, and the top end of those jerseys were bringing 1,500 to 2,000. Uh, we had an outstanding lineup of Holstein spring and heifers. The top Holstein spring and heifers brought 1850 to 26 and a half. Uh, had one load of spring and heifers coming out of Iowa, and they averaged 2375. The lesser quality and blemish cows and spring and heifers 1625 and down. Next week Wednesday, we got uh, for the dairy cattle auction. Uh, we got two herds. We got a 120 cow Holstein parlor freestall herd AI over 50 years. Herd number two. We get 60 Holstein tie stall cows, uh, plus a fancy, fancy load of uh, fresh registered Holstein parlor freestall cows averaging over 100 pounds coming out of one of the best herds in the state of Minnesota. Uh, next week, Tuesday, that's going to be our special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction. We're expecting six to 800 head. Call in those consignments. Check out all the details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier at 715 229 2500 and that's how it shaped up bob all right sounds good um, no big sales you can take the weekend off and go hunting well that sounds like a good idea all right enjoy we got, it we got the got the state thorpe uh, football game though this oh weekend, that's so. right that's right are they in the state championship aren't they yes sir oh yep. yeah good for them all right go yep. get them thorpe yep. thorpe cardinals yep so, all right have a good one thanks Bye. rocky there he goes rocky olson over there at Premier Livestock. We'll check uh, Mike's weather for football games and harvest and a lot of other things going on. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Time for 13 first alert weather. That means we get over to the weather room and Mike Dander is there. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. What do you call that moon out there that's kind of laying on its back with Venus <laughs> off of the one of the points? It's a waning crescent. Waning crescent. But it's beautiful, that's for sure. Yes, it absolutely is. Just uh, don't get too distracted from it if you're driving. You know, you no, got to no. keep the eyes on the road still. <laughs> but it's worth looking at, that's for sure. You bet. Boy, I'll tell you, we're going to get a lot of combine traffic here in the next few days. A lot of corn's coming off, and a lot of hunters will be happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, leading up to it, I mean, temperatures today pretty seasonable, but the winds aren't going to make for a very pleasant feel to the day, as we'll have winds sustained anywhere from 15 to 25 miles per hour. Gusts nearing 35, even close to 40 miles per hour, not going to be ruled out with temperatures in the mid-40s. Now, tonight, winds relax a bit. Cloud cover rolls back in with temperatures dipping to around the freezing point, setting us up for a slight cool down just for Friday and Saturday, mostly cloudy for tomorrow, as we'll have highs in the upper 30s and low 40s. Low 40s again for Veterans Day, but then a change in our weather pattern heads our way and it brings some much warmer temperatures. Sunday in the low 50s, good bit of sunshine, same for Monday. And by Tuesday, we can have mid to upper 50s. Wednesday, even potentially getting into the 60s as we'll have some sunshine. But for now, we have a few clouds. Winds are starting to pick up and temperature of 34 degrees in Eau Claire. Boy, that wind makes a difference too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Wind chill right now, 26 with those winds at 10 miles per hour. I wasn't asking for wind chill. It's bad <laughs> I had to with, say, bad Bob, enough without having to talk about that. <laughs> I was going to say, when you said the wind makes a difference, I'm like, that just opened the door for the wind chill there. <laughs> yeah, we better get used to it because it's going to be a conversation piece for the next few months. Yeah, and, and you know what we say in the Midwest, it's uh, it's not the cold, it's that wind that cuts right through you. Yeah, and it's not the heat, it's the humidity. <laughs> we got a lot of things we can talk about. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You bet, Bob. Have a good one. There he goes. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13, taking a look at our weather on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 23 minutes before 6 o'clock at Wax. And speaking of wind, how about some local news? Let's uh, check in with Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. Morning, Morgan. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We start in the Chippewa County area where a stolen dock makes a splash. The sheriff's office says someone stole a 5-foot by 15-foot section of the dock at Pine Point County Park. This was in Holcomb sometime earlier this week. Investigators now say someone would have needed heavy equipment to get the dock out of the water and out of the park. So investigators are asking anyone who may have seen something to please step up and say something. Well, the shopping list won't take you to Costco. It's a cost no, at least not as early as originally planned. Shoppers uh, not going to be able to hit up Costco until after Thanksgiving. The new date to open, November 30th. No surprise, the delay is blamed on construction issues and a little bit of a delay in that process. Look at some other headlines to take us to campus. The latest enrollment snapshot at Universities of Wisconsin is a good one. School yesterday released some 10-day enrollment numbers for the fall, and it is up. It's also the first time in a decade that enrollment has climbed. But on another campus, they're looking to pare down. Some degree programs at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay could soon be going away. The university said it's looking to drop a handful of majors and minors as part of a cost-cutting plan, saying that majors in economics, environmental policy and planning, and theater and dance could be cut. Well, some local representation on the state level has State Senator Jesse James of Altoona chiming in as Wisconsin lawmakers are considering a proposal for a task force focusing on missing and murdered black women. CDC data saying black women make up 12% of Wisconsin's population, but 36% of missing women in the U.S. are black. State Senator Jesse James of Altoon is saying that proposed task force would focus on reasons behind those numbers. As we look into other headlines, we go to the DNR and see that at the Capitol, as this was at a hearing yesterday, there's legislation that would call for the state's newly adopted wolf management plan to include a population goal. Senator Rob Staffsholt of New Richmond said the DNR's current estimate of about 1,000 wolves in Wisconsin is, he says, debatable. And that's debatable. I'm not saying that's where I stand, but I would say that the general public's opinion up north is that they are extremely low compared to what those folks see in the landscape. Now, the wolf management plan relies on zone management for when a wolf hunt might resume. It was approved by the Natural Resources Board last month over objections of hunting in some egg groups. And it was a big night for the big bell bottoms. Lainey Wilson took home 2023 CMA Entertainer of the Year trophy. I've been in this town for 12 and a half years, and uh, it finally feels like country music is is starting to love me back. I love it with my whole heart. 
And she was awarded that during the 57th CMA Awards last night. Maybe you caught some of that on TV at Nashville's Bridgestone Arena. And that was it all. She has to clear room on the shelf. She won awards for Musical Event of the Year and Musical Video for Wait in the Truck and Album of the Year for her Bell Bottom Country and Female Vocalist of the Year. What do you think? You think Bob's Faith is going to have some competition with Lainey? Don't worry, I won't tell. Speaking of Prince Charming, we better head back to the barn and get those chores done. Time to hop out of the truck with Bob Bolsold, Jump Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax. 104.5. Nobody can compete with Faith Hill. Everybody knows that. She is number one. <laughs> number one in our hearts, isn't she? Thanks, Morgan. All right, we've got a lot more to do. More farm news markets. A busy, busy Thursday morning at Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. And uh, remember, it'll be a sunny day today. Also breezy, so put your cap on lock before you head out. You might lose it. We've got markets, but Jill, more news to take a look at. Well, representatives of various U.S. commodity groups are in China this week to talk trade, mostly to try to get the Chinese to buy more egg products from us. It's the largest delegation of U.S. ag groups to visit China to talk trade since 2016. That visit is just ahead of a planned meeting in San Francisco later this month between President Biden and the Chinese Premier as part of the Asian Pacific Economic Summit. Besides talks about world tensions, trade is expected to get at least a little time on their agenda. And apparently union workers along the St. Lawrence Seaway had their wage demands met by the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation because they have called off their week-long strike and have gone back to work. That strike had shut down the entire St. Lawrence Seaway system, including the Port of Duluth, where ships were loaded, but were unable to leave the port while incoming ships weren't able to enter the shipping route. And another big report comes out today from the USDA. It's the November World Trade, World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates. But this report should be much closer to the real numbers since they will have actual harvest numbers to deal with. Surveys of ag traders indicate the corn harvest will be just over 15 billion bushels with average yields of 173.2 bushels an acre, leaving ending U.S. corn stocks at 2.13 billion bushels. For soybeans, the early estimates are for a little smaller crop of just under 4.1 billion bushels on yields of 49.5 bushels an acre, the smallest crop in eight years. But because of some softer demand, ending stocks will probably go up slightly to 221 million bushels. The report comes out at 11. All right, so that'll be coming out, uh, obviously, later on this morning. be interesting. It's always better when you get into November and December because uh, they've got actual production numbers to take a look at. Almost a quarter to six at Wax, and we'll take a look at some of our markets, courtesy of the Farm Bureau, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Kevin Krenz, who is the president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, they're getting ready for their convention here in about three weeks down at the Dells, but Kevin Krenz was there yesterday with the EPA administrator, and uh, he offered some testimony. We will hear that in future programs as all these commodity groups and general farm organizations were represented yesterday and did have a chance to speak with the administrator, but Kevin Krenz from the Farm Bureau was there as uh, we take a look at some of our markets courtesy of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 14 minutes before 6 o'clock, 34 degrees out there, and we need to hear from Brittany from Barron Equity. For fed cattle, our high-yielding choice Holstein steers sold 155 to 166. Choice Holstein steers were 148 to 154, and unfinished steers and heifers were 147 and down. As for cull cows, the top 20% sold from 95 to 105, topping at 108. 60% sold from 64 to 94, and the bottom 20% sold 63 and down. For cull bulls, they sold from 104 to 109, with thin, full, and bulls over one ton discounted. Our next sheep, goat, and small animal sale is November 11th. After this sale, we will only be selling sheep and goats on Wednesdays during our normal sales until March of 2024. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm to look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time to head south and hear from Hot Eamon and Sparta Equity. 
Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers. 176 to 184, topping at dollar eighty-six. The choice on select beef steers and heifers 165 to 175. The beef and dairy cross steers 158 to 174. The Highland Choice Holstein steers 158 to 165. The choice on select Holstein steers 147 to 157 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers a dollar to a dollar forty-six. Some representative sales from today. Starting at the top, we had two black beef heifers weigh thirteen thirty-three to a dollar eighty-six. Eight black beef steers weigh fourteen sixty one at one eighty five. Seven Hereford steers weighing fourteen sixty one at dollar eighty four. A black beef heifer weigh twelve thirty at one eighty four. Two black beef heifers weigh thirteen ninety five at a dollar eighty two and a half. And five black and red beef steers weigh fourteen eighty at dollar eighty two. On to the cow market for today, with a steady to softer market with the quality beef slaughter cows bringing up to a dollar ten. The Highland slaughter dairy cows eighty seven at one hundred two. The cutters and utilities seventy one to eighty six with a low yielding. And canter cows thirty to seventy cents. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing ninety five to one ten with a thin full of bulls over twenty two hundred pounds discount at ninety four cents and down. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Monday, November thirteenth, starting at eleven thirty, with hogs followed by calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hut aimed at Equity Livestock and Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to the equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him and with us. Hey, big boy, next week you're going to take your long underwear off. Well, good morning to you, Bob. Well, uh, gonna that's going to need further explanation. <laughs> well, it's going to be near 60 degrees. Oh, well... Maybe, possibly, I guess. Depends upon, but you kind of took me off guard there. I wasn't sure where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Keep it clean here, buddy. Keep it clean. We're talking yeah, about yeah. weather. We're talking about weather. Sunny oh, in okay. 50s, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday. Oh, it's going to be nice weather out there. So, Well, uh, seriously, that is a, a lot of the folks with their bean and corns out there, couldn't they couldn't be getting better news. So Boy, good I know. For that. Yeah, most of the beans are off now, but corn's going to come flying off. I know, talking to hunters, I wonder how much of this corn's going to be on. You know, a couple of weeks ago, it looked like there's going to be a lot of corn standing for deer hunting, but I think now, you know, a lot of it's going to be coming off. There's going to be a lot of progress made in the next, uh, next couple of weeks, that is for sure. So, again, let's do it safely. Well, how are we doing so far this week with the sales over there at Stratford, Jer? Well, Bob, we'll tell the folks about it, and I thank you, and a good morning to everyone. A summary from a very busy Wednesday yesterday here, a large feeder cattle auction here yesterday at Stratford, and the cattle sold as follows. Lighter weight beef steers selling mostly from $2 to 265 a pound. Your middleweight beef steers, 6 to 8 weights, mostly from 175 to 232 Heavier beef steers, 150 to 190 and the Beef heifer division, the lightweights, mostly from 185 to 265. Um, uh, 68-weight beef heifers, 150 to 210. And your heavier beef heifers, mostly from 150 to 185. Holstein's about always, the Holstein sold the range from 125 to 160. Now we'll get into the market auction. Cows steady yesterday. High-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows on yesterday's auction, selling from 97 all the way up to a top of 125 on the beef cows. Most of the cows are yesterday from 72 to 96. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 70. On the uh, fed cattle trade, your choice grading beef, beef steers yesterday, mostly from 165 to 172. Choice grading Holstein steers from 144 to 160. High-yielding choice and prime Holsteins from 160 to 165. On the calf market this week so far, good quality replacement Holstein bull calves, mostly from 200 to 400. Heifer calves, mostly from 100 to 100 to 270. And your good quality beef calves from 350 to 700. And we are at Thursday. Our auction starts this morning at 11 o'clock. Full marketing day here in Stratford today, along with the cows, fed cattle, bulls, and the baby calves. So... So with that, Bob, we'll turn it back to you, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Yeah, you go gargle. You uh, get over that cold. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Well, it's uh, better than it was yesterday, so we're making progress. Oh, that's good to hear, Jerry, over there at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Before we continue on, I want to say uh, congratulations to a young lady in our area that know very, very well, just a tremendous advocate for agriculture, Kim Bremer, over there for the not only the dairy industry, but all of agriculture. She's been such an advocate, an outspoken 
spokesperson for agriculture in the dairy industry. She's very active in many organizations, including the Wisconsin AgriWoman, and also nationally with the American AgriWoman. And uh, Kim from Loyal at their convention, I think they're out in California someplace, but she was selected to be the first vice president of the American AgriWoman. And boy, I'll tell you, they're getting a good one because she's a good leader, a good spokesperson, and what an advocate for agriculture. So uh, congratulations, well-deserved Kim Bremer of Loyal, uh, more leadership responsibility that she will handle very, very well. And our market's being brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland. Take a look at the Board of Trade. Higher yesterday, corn, beans, and wheat. A little concern about some of the weather in Brazil during their planting season. Also, uh, export sales have been reported. Overnight, December corn down a fraction, 475. March corn unchanged, 490. Oats for December up three overnight at 345. December wheat down four at 587. January soybeans up a nickel at 1370. And meal unchanged for December, $449.80. And at the elevators today. New crop corn in Loyal is at 436. And soybeans are at 1275. And in Arcadia, new crop corn is at 431 with beans at 1290. And corn in Chippewa Falls in Connersville is 405 with soybeans at 1295. On the DTN screen, taking a look at those prices, corn in Baldwin today is 431, beans 1281, Durand and Fall Creek 431 in the corn, 1271 in the beans, Mondovi 431 in the corn, 1276 on the soybeans. At Elmwood, the corn is 436, beans 1281, and at Osseo, corn 446, beans at 1281. Elk Mound, corn 421. 1291 in the soybeans, Ellsworth 421 and 1271. Ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley at 431. New Richmond corn at 426. Barrel cheese up seven and a half, 162. Blocks down six and three quarters, a dollar 63. That butter price continues to fall down about a half a dollar in a week. Down 10 cents again yesterday at 279 and three quarters. It was up about 330. November class three up nine yesterday at 1715. December up 26 at 1713. January up 18 cents at 1722. February at 1754 was down two cents. March up three at 1799. And again, I think it's still dark enough. If you haven't done it yet, get up and go look at the moon. Beautiful this morning, and we're going to have a sunny, breezy day. Skies are clear. That's why you can see it so well. Sunny, breezy day today, about 46. Right now, we've got about oh, 34 degrees, so get out and enjoy it. And again, the harvest is going on. Do it safely. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.